The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. As many of you know, uh, this quarter we have been doing a series uh, through the Old Testament. The Old Testament, of course, is of course those pages of your Bible that are still stuck together uh, for a lot of you, uh, where we're just exploring the life of, of the people who are written about and who in some cases have actually written there, that we might uh, learn a little bit, that we might get more intrigued and curious about what, how does God reveal himself in the pages of, of actually the longer part of the Bible. And so we've, we've had a chance to hear uh, numerous stories throughout the quarter. Tonight, uh, from our student interns. And so tonight, I'm excited to introduce to you our next student intern who is a senior that hails from Bellingham, Washington. She lives in the Greek system. And uh, the, for those of you that know this woman, she, is, she has a very dynamic, uh, a very enthusiastic faith that I know for some people kind of leaves you scratching your head going, really? Is this for real? And honestly, I'm here to tell you it is. It is an absolutely authentic expression of how uh, Jasmine experiences and, and shares uh, the love of Jesus that is very real to her. So to share with us about uh, the story of the prophet Daniel, I'm really excited to introduce to you my friend Jasmine Vale. Okay, put that down. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about Daniel, who, just a little bit of background story. Last week, Cam talked a little bit about how the Israelites went into exile, and that is where we're going to pick it up is these Israelites have gone into exile, taken out of their homeland, and into the Babylonian Empire. And where Daniel steps in, it, what's going on in Babylon right now is like, it's at the zenith of its splendor. Good word. <laughs> it's at the zenith of its splendor to where, so they're actually getting taken into captive into this place where it's like New York on steroids. So it's like everything is flashy lights and nice and, I mean, not to that splendor, okay? Splendor. <laughs> splendor. And Daniel, the king at the time, was like, I need really smart dudes. I need the most handsome dudes in the land to come and serve me because I deserve it. That's what he thought because he loved himself. Um and so Daniel gets chosen out of the Israelites to come and serve this king. And I want to point out this scripture, um, Daniel 1.6, and it says that it says that when Daniel was asked, when Daniel was asked to eat the fancy food and be basically assimilated to Babylonians, the Babylonians king wanted Daniel and all the Israelites to basically just assimilate. 
Whatever we look at, I want them to look at. Whatever we, the way we walk, I want them to walk. The way we talk, I want them to talk. He wanted them to look exactly like the king and all his people. And Daniel, this is super important because his character stems from this decision that he makes when he's 15 years old. He gets removed from his home, and when he could be like, okay, I'm going to fall away from what I know to be true about myself, he says, no, I resolve. I resolve not to eat the king's fancy foods or drink the king's wine. And he's like, I want to stay true to who God has told me to be. So he's 15 then, and we're going to skip way ahead until he's 86. (laughs) And it's a really awesome story. Um, He's 86 years old, and we enter into this story where Daniel is now serving a different king, a Persian king, who conquered Babylon. So now the kingdom is just way bigger than when Daniel first started off serving. And he's at the, he's the top third. There's three guys. There's three leaders over 120 different district leaders. So this is like a huge responsibility that Daniel is carrying on himself. Um, but the king, the king at the time is Darius. He's a Persian king and he loved Daniel. I just, I, I picture Darius and he's like, I have it all. I have all the money. I have the richest foods. I have the, I, I could just chill. <laughs> I could just chill. And, but I feel, I, I can hear him saying like, I can hear him saying like, I have all this stuff, but he's like standing right next to this guy who literally is walking out God's will. <laughs> and the God is in him because he spends so much time with the father, with God, the father. And so I can hear Darius saying, what? I have everything, but damn, what is it about this guy? What is it about this guy? There's something about, I, I like it. I like him. Everything about him. I like him. There's something in him that totally draws me to him. And he's kind of confused by him, you know, like, confused, like really confused. Like, who is this guy? Why is he, why is, the Bible talks about how he, there was an excellent spirit in him. There was an excellent spirit in him. And Darius doesn't really understand that, but he wants to, he wants to understand that. And in this story, the story kind of gets interrupted by these, not interrupted, well, kind of, (laughs) These two, the two leaders that led the 120 district leaders with Daniel are over here looking at Daniel and going, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I don't know what the big deal is about him. But then they overhear the king say, you know what? I love Daniel so much. I want to make him the ruler over the entire kingdom. And the leaders over here are going, I can just, like, they are boiling. They're boiling with anger. They're boiling with jealousy. They're boiling with envy. And they're just gossiping about him, you know? 
Daniel. I don't see what the big deal is. I earned, I earned this position. I earned this position. I should be the one over the entire kingdom. And I can just feel the jealousness and the offenses rising up. Now, because of those offenses, these guys go, okay, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. This guy does not, he can't fit here because we need to be the rulers. We want power. We need to be the ones in charge. And this guy's messing it all up. He's messing up my life plans. He's messing up all my passions and everything that I thought I would do in life. And this jealousy just burns in them and they go, okay, let's find something wrong with him. And the Bible says, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find nothing wrong with him because Daniel is faithful. So this guy's private life, his personal life, and his public life, clean slate. They couldn't find anything wrong with this dude. He couldn't find, they couldn't find anything wrong with him. So they go, the only way we're going to find something wrong is if it's in accordance with the law of his God, his father. So they're like, okay. Okay. They're like, we're going to trick King Darius because he's kind of in La La Land, you know? We're going to trick him. We're going to trick him to make a law that's all about him. And so they create this law. They go up to Darius and they're like, hey, Darius, we should have 30 days where everyone worships you. 30 days where everyone worships you and can't worship anyone else. And Darius goes, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a great idea because he's like, yeah, I think I'm great and other people should too. And no one else should be great. And the interesting thing about Daniel, when he hears this, the interesting thing about Daniel when he hears this is he, hold up. King Darius <laughs> makes this law. Okay, 30, 30 days people are going to worship me. And if they don't, if they don't, they're going to die in a lion's den. Which some of you probably know this story, the lion's den. <laughs> the lion's den. And, and so when Daniel hears this, even in death, even when death is right there. And he could have waited 30 days. He could have waited 30 days to pray to the Lord. But death was right there. And he was like, you know what? It's not even worth it. Because worth to him was praying to the Lord, was relationship with his God. And what it says is this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home upstairs to his room where the windows were wide open for people to see that what's illegal, Daniel is doing. And 
pointing toward his home, Jerusalem. I don't know. I don't know where it is. But toward his home, he gets on his knees and he prays three times a day as he had done previously. This guy is seasoned in prayer. Every day, he's just bam. Every day. I need to be with my father. I need, I need this relationship. I don't care if I'm going to die. I don't care if I'm going to die. He, every day, for three times a day, he's just down on his knees, bruised, calloused. Probably not bruised. So when I was reading this story, first of all, I was like, Daniel, you're perfect. (sighs) Secondly, but also I was like, whoa, that's like really admirable. But yeah, see, see what I just did there? That's like, (laughs) that's my heart is I realized I'm these guys over here. On Friday, this last Friday, this last Friday, I met this dude on... I just met this dude. (laughs) You meet people. I met this dude, and I was like, and I met him because he was preaching to one of my friends, Katie Book. And he was just preaching. He was just preaching. And he's really blunt. He's really, really blunt. But then when I, and I was just going to walk by, like, leave. I was going to leave. Um, but then I actually started listening to what he was saying and everything he was saying was extremely scriptural. Like everything he was saying was from the Bible. And I started listening and I was like, I like this dude. I don't know what it is about him, but I like it. I like it. So I ended up hanging out the whole day with him. I ended up hanging out the whole day with him, and multiple times in the day, I was getting offended. I was getting offended. I could feel myself getting offended, and he would just be, he would just be talking and telling the truth, and I'd be like, I agree, I agree, I agree, and then suddenly my tone would change, and I'd be like, I agree, I agree, I agree, <laughs> I agree, and and then he would look at me, and he, this actually happened. He looked at me, and he was like, you know what I realized? When you say you agree, you don't actually. And I was like, Ugh. I was like, no. Like, I literally, in my heart, I was, like, getting, like, ugh. Like, why do you say that? And then I just felt like I felt conviction, this feeling of you're upset because he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth. Because what I realized, what I realized the other day was when he was talking, when he was talking about the word of the Lord, I got offended because of spiritual pride in my heart. I got offended because of pride. Because I was like, oh, he doesn't think, I was like, I agree. He doesn't think, he doesn't think that I know, that I know about God, that I know about what's, I know stuff. And it was offending me. And that offense, when I realized that offense, 
I shut my mouth. <laughs> I shut my mouth. And he looked at me and he was like, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then I just bawled. <laughs> no, like, actually, though, you guys, it was like, and I don't really cry in front of humans. <laughs> and this guy just met him crying. And I felt grace. I felt grace from the Lord. And I didn't even realize that I haven't felt grace in a really long time because I would get offended. I would get offended. I would get jealous. I would get prideful. Just like these guys over here, I would get jealous, I would get offended, and I would get prideful. And when I look at Daniel's life, you guys, it was, it was amazing, the feeling when I was like, I, you're right. I don't love Jesus with all my soul, heart, mind, and strength. I don't. I want to, but I don't. And the minute I was like, oh, I don't. I want to, I want to, Lord, I want to. The minute I chose to be like, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot do this on my own. I actually need him. See, the reason we don't get to feel, receive his grace, his grace is already, always there. Jesus already died on the cross. So all of this grace is available. All of this grace is available. But when we get prideful, we say we don't need it. We don't need the grace. We can do it on our own. We don't need God. And our hearts become hard. And then we don't even feel the pride and the offense when it comes. When God is waiting to give us grace. When God's waiting to give us grace. And what I see in Daniel's life is because he was constantly in this position, like constantly in this position, he understood, he understood in his heart that he could not do it without the Lord. He could not do it without the Lord. So I feel like he's just sitting here going, I, just, I feel your grace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the thing about Daniel, when he gets thrown into the lion's den, and King Darius, because he was kind of aloof to why Daniel's in there in the first place, you know, goes up to the cave and is like, Daniel, did your God save you? And Daniel's response is a response from when he was 15 all the way to when he was 86 is every day he was like, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in relationship with my father. And because of that, he says, long live the king. May the king live forever. <laughs> May the king live forever. There was no offense in his heart, even though this king literally just was going to make him ruler over the entire kingdom, but instead put him to the lion's. He says, long live the king. That is the kind of heart that I want. <laughs> like, I want that kind of heart. And this weekend, I, like, learned, I learned that, like, God wants me to have that heart, too, and he's willing to give me that heart. 
But we have to be willing to say, I can't, I need him. I need him. I need him. I need him. I need him right now. And yeah, I like didn't even realize I didn't I didn't even realize that I just because I didn't have like the big sins or however you want to like categorize sin, even though it's all the same. My heart, my heart was full of bitterness and I was getting, I was getting Whenever pride comes up, you're getting, the definition of pride is you're, you're receiving some sort of pleasure from one's own achievement. So it's all performance-based, which is the opposite of what grace is. You don't have to earn it. It's a gift. What I feel like these three hearts that we kind of sort of examined in a really scattered way... Um, is inviting us into is an opportunity to ask the Lord, ask the Lord. After, after my time, after this weekend, I, I've been praying Psalm 139 and it says, examine my heart, Lord, examine my heart. And if there's any, if there's any grievous way in me, if there's any grievous way in me, get it out. Like, test my thoughts, examine my heart, and if there's something that is not right, because we're already right with him, so we can't even have pride in our life. We want to love other people out of the grace of God, because you can't otherwise. And so I just kept asking, I was like, Lord, what is in my heart? Show me. And I think what he's inviting us into is... Asking him that. Asking him, what is in my heart? What is in my heart? What is in my heart? Show me. And he's going to lead us into the way everlasting. And the crazy, God doesn't even stop there. Like, he doesn't stop there, Daniel's life. Because the king, King Darius, witnessed this guy be unoffended, witnessed this guy have this relationship with his father because of that, Darius goes, everyone in the land should worship Daniel's king. What the Lord does with someone who says yes to him from 15 to 86 every single day is he'll, he, he has a whole entire kingdom revere the name of the father. That's what he wants to do with your life. Do you remember... There are tons and tons of people who are over here, like Darius, going, I, there's something about mm, Daniel. There's something about, there's something missing in my life. There's something missing in my life. And there's, their heart, the heart soil in their heart is so ready, is so ready to see Jesus on earth loving people. <laughs> and God chose us as the method of doing that. But we can only do it if we receive his grace. 
So yeah, I just want to invite you guys to ask the Lord to cross-examine your heart. Because what you're going to find in there, he wants to cover in grace. He wants to cover in grace so you can live out of a heart, out of his heart, not yours. Let's thank Jasmine for sharing. Thanks, sis. The story of Daniel is a story of integrity. And integrity is simply a life in line with what you believe. And what Jasmine shared with us and what Jasmine demonstrated Integrity and simply getting down on your knees day in and day out and trusting, trusting that this God that made promises will make good on those promises. It's ultimately a story of a life that cultivated faith and trust despite dynamic and frankly very disappointing circumstances. And what we saw is that it's it's a life that never ceased to trust in God's sovereignty. And sovereignty is just a fancy way to say large and in charge. Daniel simply believed that God was large and in charge and that would make good on his promise to bring life and grace. 